0: Get you some radio.
1: It used to be when I would go buy a car, I'd go to a dealership. I'd go to two dealerships. I would try and strike a relationship with a couple different people, and I would just go back and forth. Now, when and I was just doing it the other day, when I when I called up the dealership, I said, "Hey, here's the model. I saw it on your website. It's the one with black wheels. It's got the sport package. That's what I want to know. My deal is on." I want to talk about that car. And I haven't even met the person yet. And, and so the relationship, I'm not saying relationships aren't important. I still think they're foundational, but how I create that relationship has to, has to, has to evolve. So if we sell the way we used to sell, we're going to be in trouble yeah. because everything else around it is you can't treat me. You can't look at me the same way as you did before when I go to buy a car. Now you still need to look at me and say, "How do I create a relationship with this guy?" Well, guess what? It's going to have to start over the phone. Yeah. And it used to be, it used to start when I'd walk in your lot.
2: Yeah.
0: Now,
1: no, no, no. Now, your weekly dose of inspiration,
0: inspiration, inspiration perspiration, 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 and just the right amount of bull defecation. Ah! The Getcha Some Radio Show with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster.
2: Yum, yum, get you some. Welcome back to the Get You Some Radio Show. Before I forget, I want to make sure I ask you to subscribe because asking you get, don't and you won't. So text Terry to 444-999, text Terry to 449- 444-999 to make sure you don't miss a single episode of the Get You Some Radio Show. And if you don't want to do that, you can go to YouTube and subscribe. You can go to your favorite podcast delivery system and describe, but, uh, but subscribe, but please do that for me text Terry to four, 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 nine, nine, nine. Now you've heard me talk here on the show. You've heard me talk before about your willingness to be uncomfortable. Your comfort, your comfortability being uncomfortable will largely determine your success that all the good stuff happens just on the outside of your comfort zone. Today, we're going to find out the research and the science and the data behind that. We got the guy who absolutely wrote the book on it. His name is Bill Ekstrom. He co-wrote uh, the Coaching Effect with Sarah Worth. The Coaching Effect. It says here it's based on the research of over 100,000 workplace coaching interactions, and he determined that not only is uh, discomfort key, it's 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 absolutely essential. And he says that comfort will ruin your life. He did a TEDx talk about this in 2017. One of the fastest growing TEDx videos in the history of TEDx videos with over three million views so far. So we're gonna dig into discomfort with Bill Ekstrom right after this.
0: If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you're struggling to be perfect, hoping for average, and settling for anything less than the life you were born to lead. You can do better. Better. Self-help for the rest of us. The groundbreaking new personal development book from Terry Lancaster. Get your free copy today at TerryLancaster.com. So you know how
2: in all the commercials they have the fast-talking guy at the very end and he gives you all the important information? Well, I'm going to give you the disclaimer right up front. This book will not make you a millionaire or a movie star. It's not going to give you six-pack abs, and it's not going to give you gleaming white, perfectly straight teeth. But perfection is overrated. It's a fantasy, and it doesn't exist in nature. What this book will do is give you proven strategies for making your actual life better. You can build a better life, one better decision at a time.
0: Better. Self-help for the rest of us. Get your free copy today at TerryLancaster.com.
2: So, Bill, I'm going to jump in right now with both feet. Riddle me this. How will comfort ruin my life?
1: (laughs) Well, here's what we know about comfort. Um, It's going to ruin your life because if you stay there too long, you eventually... Will stop growing. You'll eventually go into stagnation. And as I say in the TEDx video, as I say in the book, comfort um, will ruin your life, and discomfort is the only place growth occurs. So um, it's it's really pretty simple.
2: Yeah. So, so so tell tell me what what is it that makes that makes comfort so dangerous? How does it how does how does it suck you in? How does it keep you from growing?
1: Um, well, you know, comfort is one of the, is an environment. So we we when we refer to comfort, we refer to an environment, and there are four primary environments that that are shared in the TED TEDx talk as well as in the book The Coaching Effect, and those environments are stagnation, order, complexity, and chaos. The environment of order, at its core, what it means is that I understand what inputs and outcomes are so I'll use the analogy of flying an airplane everybody wants to have their pilots have a strong outcome predictable outcome and we call that a safe landing when we have predictable outcomes Terry that's what creates comfort and I know that's, that, that, that's weird to think about, but it, when, you, when you take a minute and stop, it is predictability that creates comfort. The challenge is, is when, as a human being, that's what we want. We are looking for predictable outcomes, and that creates the comfort. That's what makes comfort so dangerous, because growth only occurs in a state of discomfort physiologically, psychologically, uh, biologically and that's that's really the problem with comfort so comfort refers to the uh outcome of being in a in an ordered environment
2: yeah the one thing i got when i was when i was reading about this was you, you, you mentioned biologically that unpredictable outcomes is the entire basis of uh of, of the of the human condition of, of the, the, the 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 entire basis for uh I, I, I the word has completely skipped my mind but uh um but it's it's how we, how we got here, so it's uh went right yeah so when uh when things are you know, when you have unpredicted outcomes that's when the growth can occur because you don't know what's going to happen, but we want those predictive outcomes, and as salespeople salespeople, people we, we you know you, you mentioned the four growth rings that uh you have um you 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 ha- you have stagnation order discomfort uh complexity, and chaos. most salespeople are addicted to either having order. Or they're addicted to the chaos they love to be busy they love to have a lot of things going on Uh, so so how do we get away from those two things that we we crave so much
1: well um first of all let's back up for a second because you you're bringing up a really really good point terry when we study high high performers when we study and research high growth teams when we look at elite performers and and now we're really able to do some wonderful work with elite performers be it athletes or in sales, wherever it may be. There is a healthy, healthy part of order. Order isn't necessarily bad. Too much of it can be bad. Order that's been an order for too long can be bad. We all have order. There's an order to the way we start our days. There's You know, in sales, there should be an order to prospecting, right? That every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to spend part of my day prospecting. I'm going to spend part of my day doing this. But if the the, the challenge is that's all you do, if that's all you do, the exact same thing every day, eventually everything will go by you. Customers buy differently today than they did before. If you have not evolved with that, you're going to be left behind. The way you sell will go into stagnation. So, it's not the order is bad, too much of it is bad, and the wrong order is bad. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. You, you, you hit on that, uh,
2: that the sales process has changed, and this is something I talk about every day. Specifically, what do you mean when you say the sales process has changed?
1: Well, for example, the way people like to buy, the, the due diligence they've done ahead of time. You know, it used to be when I would go buy a car, I'd go to a dealership, I'd go to two dealerships, I would try and strike a relationship with a couple different people, and I would just go back and forth. Now, when and I was just doing it the other day, when I I called up the dealership, I said, hey, here's the model. I saw it on your website. It's the one with black wheels. It's got the sport package. That's what I want to know my deals on. I want to talk about that car. And I haven't even met the person yet. And, and so the relationship, I'm not saying relationships aren't important. I still think they're foundational, but how I create that relationship has to, has to, has to evolve. So if we sell the way we used to sell, we're going to be in trouble yeah. because everything else around it is you can't treat me. You can't look at me the same way as you did before when I go to buy a car. Now you still need to look at me and say, how do I create a relationship with this guy? Well, guess what? It's going to have to start over the phone. Yeah, and it used to be it used to start when I'd walk in your lot.
2: Yeah, it has to start much earlier. That that's my key. They have to know you before they need you. Is uh, is is what what? I, what yeah, very I, good, what exactly. I, what I have to talk about every day. So let's talk about the other end of it, the chaos. The chaos end of it, because because I know a ton of salespeople who work eighty, who say they work eighty hours a week, who are who are at the store or behind the desk, they're doing something eighty hours a week, but they're so chaotic that they actually don't work. They don't work while they're working, but they're addicted to the chaos. As long as, as long as things are moving, they feel pretty good about that and they never stop to think about, well, which way are we moving?
1: Right, exactly. And, and those are people that benefit from putting some healthy order in their lives. It, it's really understanding. See, chaos is not knowing, not being able to understand or track inputs and you have no idea as to outcomes. That's what chaos is. And sales, there's a lot of salespeople, and, and I'm quite frankly, I used to be one, that there are, are a good number of salespeople that operate their businesses in a state of chaos, which is they just, they hope to make things happen. They hope they get uh, an outcome that is favorable, and there's no structure, there's no order to any of their business. Um, and those people typically would benefit from having some healthy order.
2: So the book, The Coaching Effect, you analyzed 100,000 uh, business coaching interactions. And I assume then, and from what I've said, that you're, the primary purpose of the coach is to move someone into the state of complexity, to move them from one of these other outlying areas into complexity. Is that
1: right? That is the, the, what we typically find is that's what's missing the most from coaching, um, But what we've learned a lot is in studying all these interactions in the workplace between bosses and employees and primarily between sales meters and salespeople. But the coach, the role isn't just to help people understand how to move into complexity to create growth. Sometimes, and especially with high performers, Terry, when I had my first job, I had a very high performer in Minnesota. Part of my role was to bring some order to her. She worked so hard. She, her foot was on the pedal so long. There needed to be some semblance of slowdown and steadiness in her life to keep her longevity in place. If that makes sense. She was on a burnout road, for example. Right. So it's really, and all that's done by understanding and creating a relationship. And that's when we use the term earlier. Um, I think in sales, it's the same as in coaching. Relationship is foundational for performance.
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. So really, you need to move from, from chaos then. You need to establish some order. You need to build some predictability before you can test for the unpredictability.
1: Very good. That's, that's very well said. We find people when they're in a state of chaos. Keep in mind, when you're in a, in a state of chaos, it usually triggers one of the three Fs, fight, flight, or freeze. And those, Terry, are all emotions. Those are all feelings. When those hit, when I feel that, it's usually wise to get back into a state of order, to find some predictability, to get to a place of comfort, because it is times of comfort, used wisely, that prepares us for times of complexity. Complexity is not having predictable outcomes. So if you think about order, in t- which is predictable outcome. If you change an input, what happens to an outcome? It becomes unpredictable. Right. That means we're in a state of complexity. Now, all complex, not all complexity creates discomfort, but all discomfort is created by complexity. Growth only occurs in complex environments, which is why we say growth only occurs in a state of discomfort. So yes, if I'm in a state of chaos, I likely first need to move back into a state of order before I can, in a healthy way, advance up into complexity, which is a state of discomfort.
2: So let's come at it from the other end. We're in a state of stagnation. Do we have to establish order to get out of stagnation, or do we need to jump into chaos and just scramble everything, and, uh, or, or, or do we jump straight into complexity? Which way do we go from there?
1: It, when, when we see organizations in a, in a state of uh, stagnation, there's only one way to get out, and that is through complexity or chaos. Now, we don't ever recommend chaos, although I use the story of my daughter um, when she was playing tennis and her coaches pushing her to a state of chaos. Um, but by and large, chaos should be used to understand what one's limits are, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm um the challenges when you know especially in sales you know we i've seen it myself where we had i was running a division and uh people told me that you know i was new in the role and we had this number one performer the the guy led sales in the division for the last three years and we hired a new young woman who came into the division and, and so the, the the standard had been set right this guy was selling. X amount a year. Well, we get this new woman that comes in who decides that that standard should not be her standard. She set a new record in sales by 50% her first year. So all of a sudden, what we thought was a standard, what we thought was great, was only just good. New standards have to be set. So stagnation, we need to get out of stagnation um, and enter in a state of complexity immediately. Uh, you got to change things up. If you're going backwards, which is what stagnation is, that has to be changed up immediately. You need to inject some, some changes that create unknown outcomes because you got to do something fast.
2: you got, you, you, you got fi- to find the solution for the problem, and you have to have unpredictability, unpredictability to find that solution.
1: Exactly, exactly, Terry.
2: So, so your 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 key is to be right there on that uh, on that that borderline between uh between order and uh, and complexity. And you and you mentioned your daughter and there's great great part in the video about your daughter and her, she's a high level tennis player and, and and her coach pushing her literally to that edge. But and a lot of times in athletics, we hear people talking, especially coaches and uh, players, talking about flow. And another thing that, as I was reading this, 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 ba- this balance between order and complexity seemed to me to be right there where that razor's edge of flow is. Have, have you done any research on, on the path of flow and how that affects the order and chaos?
1: No, we, we haven't yet, but you're, you bring up a really fascinating point. So let's eliminate athletics. Let's eliminate cells. Let's just talk about peak performance, where, where that occurs. Um, because I think it applies, I think athletics and sales are so tightly woven together anyway. Um, so when you look at peak performance, keep in mind, peak performance comes as a result of const of having healthy order. It comes as a result of always being challenged. You know, we use the, the example of my daughter in tennis that every day or, or every week Things were amped up, meaning that uh, there might be a a change to a stroke. There might be an increase in conditioning. There might be a change to foot placement. So there was complexity brought about, if not daily, certainly weekly. And then then, then the processes would come into play, right? So process is a form of order. Process isn't necessarily a bad thing. But the process allows us to grow. Think about lifting weights. I can lift weights. I can, lift the, I can put you know, 200 pounds on a bar and lift it up and down and continue to grow my muscle. But if that's all I do every single time, all of a sudden I quit growing. Mm-hmm. I, hit, uh, I, 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 I peak out, right? I plateau. And the only way then to continue growing is to change an input to get a different outcome. So even physiologically, we have to do it. So back to your flow question. Flow comes as a result of having healthy order and having healthy complexity. Flow is a performance state. Flow happens um, in sales. Like how many times are you actually in the moment of selling in a given day? Maybe 5% of the day, 10% of the day?
2: Yeah.
1: How well you execute in there as a result of everything you've done up to that point point. and the same is the same with a tennis match or a football game. You know, a football game is two hours or three hours on a Saturday or Sunday or Friday, whenever it may be. But if you look at, you know, an entire um, work week or seven days in a week, those hours spent are pretty nominal. The flow during that time though is really contingent upon how, well my orders in place what kind of healthy order i have in place how much time i spend in complexity that is really ultimately what dictates then the flow so the flow isn't within the growth rings it's a result of the growth rings
2: yeah and the flow flow comes my understanding is and the way i understand flow flow happens when you're competent and proficient enough and you have your systems down pat and you know it but if you know it Exactly, you're going to to end up getting bored and it's going, you're going to drift. So it has to be just, just beyond that, where it's, where it's complex enough, where it's, where it's challenging enough to keep you at the top of your game. And if if you can function on the, on that razor's edge at the top of your game, right there, riding that line, that's, that's, that's where the sweet spot is.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, we see this, we we see this in coaching. We see this in peak performance. The, The difference in sales, it's the same as the difference in athletics or anywhere else. The difference between good and great is nominal. And I, I was tweeting this the other day. The, we see this. The difference between good coaching and great coaching is just not many percentage points. But the gap in terms of dollars is millions. And the, what it takes to close that gap, very few people, Terry, are willing to take those steps. And it's the same in sales.
2: Yeah, well, back back to athletics. The difference between an all star and, and a and a minor leaguer is is really fr- fractions of a fraction of a second in a forty yard dash. That's it's uh,
1: exactly.
2: Yeah, it's uh, the 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 difference between great and, and pretty good is not that far, but it makes all the difference in the world.
1: Yeah, and it's failed another hour. Uh, you know, another twenty minutes a day at work. Another phone call a day. Another two meetings a week. What does that add up to? when it's all said and done.
2: So we, we talked about salespeople and, and others being addicted to chaos and we liked, and, and, and the, cult, the cult of busy and, and const, constantly doing things, but, but grit and, and some of the things, I, I don't think it was in the book, but I read some of your other articles that you guys spoke about grit. How does grit come into the equation? Because being busy and actually putting in more work does lead to some of these other states that makes you discomfortable. So how does grit relate to your growth rings?
1: You know, it's a good question. We haven't done any studies. Um, and I, I assuming you're you're talking about like uh, Angela Duckworth's yes. work on grit, the book and her, her TED talks. And and by the way, I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she does some amazing some amazing things. Um, grit is really woven into um, order and complexity. It it, it, it takes grit to put in the processes and the systems and the tools that that are gonna allow you to be successful. It takes grit to get out of it, to recognize that, hey, I need to do this differently. And then to adapt what you're doing to something else. Uh, I think grit is really woven into the DNA of anybody, of of any peak performers. Uh, The growth rings, so they don't really address it directly it's, it's more of an um, understanding of how your environments are impacting your own growth. Yeah.
2: So I promise everyone who uh, tunes in for the show that, uh, again, these are salespeople and uh, they, these are people who eat what they kill and they, they can't afford to, to kill 30 minutes just to entertain themselves during the course of the week. I promise them that if they'll give me 30 minutes with me talking with my friends and uh, me doing these interviews, that they'll walk away with something they can put into action in their lives. Today, right now, as soon as they put down the phone, as soon as they shut the laptop, one thing that they can do today to start making their lives better, to create health, happiness, and prosperity in their lives, to, uh, to, to make their business better, to make themselves better. So, so, Bill, give us one action step that people can use today. Salespeople, people who are selling cars and plumbing supplies and, and uh, encyclopedias door-to-door, one thing that a salesperson can do today to start using discomfort to challenge themselves to build a better life.
1: Okay. Uh, My answer may surprise you, Terry. What has allowed me to enter more healthy discomfort is meditation. Um, I practice 20 minutes of meditation five days a week. That allows me to get in touch with myself, to really do a self-analysis of whether I'm in order or whether I'm in a state of complexity and when the appropriate times to move are. It has really allowed me The ability to do that now what i always hear when people ask me well i have tried it i can't make it work that's why they call practicing meditation you don't just start in sales and sell as much that first day as you sell the you know you practice it you build upon it i started out with a minute in the shower and then i got up to three minutes and then it was five minutes at night before i went to bed and then 15 now i can Meditate for 40 minutes plus, but 20 minutes a day, getting up to 20 minutes of meditation a day, that will allow you to give an understanding and consciously acknowledge whether you're truly in a state of order or a state of complexity and when to, in a healthier way, move back and forth between those two.
2: Brother, it's a, it's about two in the afternoon right now. I'm gonna be in Lincoln, Nebraska about ten, and I'm gonna give you a big kiss right on the freaking mouth. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, been, I've been
0: advocating.
2: I don't know if I'll
1: stick around or not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've been advocating meditation for, for salespeople for years, and and bro, you, you've never you've never had uh, you've never had discomfort like walking into a room full of car salespeople and telling them they need to meditate for the next twenty minutes. They look at you like you got two. Ed's, but I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, again, it goes back to what we were saying about you can't build unpredictability unless you have something predictable, and you can't you can't figure out where to go unless you unless you know where you are. You can't get where you're going unless you start where you are, and where you are is right here, right now. And you have you have to. Well,
1: wait. and Terry, that is so true. And 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 I, and I gotta share with you. I don't even know if you know this. I started out right out of college selling life insurance. Yeah. I was 100 percent commissioned from the get go. I have walked in the shoes of your listeners. And I can tell you, and I mean this in all seriousness, if I can do it, they can do it. I was an undisciplined, highly chaotic, you know, eat what you killed, run to the next deal, run back and forth. And it wasn't until later in my life. And I tell you, if you can develop those habits early, you will live a happier, healthier, more productive, more financially rewarding life than you've ever lived.
2: So, so again, because I, I've tried to explain it to people, so I know how I explain it. If you've never meditated and you're, you're, you're walking out on the deck with a, with a cup of coffee, tell me, tell me first time meditating, sit me down, tell me what to do.
1: Well, I think the best way to start is simply three minutes on your own. Just do your best to focus on your breathing in and your breathing out. Everybody says, well, my mind always wanders. Well, of course it does. So does mine. What I do is I just imagine if a thought comes into my head and it can come in for a matter of seconds or sometimes I'll catch up for a minute. It's like, whoa, hold on. I am no longer focusing on my breathing. I release that thought and I imagine it going up into a cloud and drifting away. That's number one. Number two is guided meditation. Really, really helped me uh, lengthen my meditation. Um, that is something that I really lean a lot on. So I just go to YouTube Pull up a YouTube video, put it on a headset, put it on my ears, close my eyes, sit down and let, walk through a guided meditation. That's a really another wonderful way to grow.
2: I, uh, I, I, I try to encourage people. I get them to download the, head, download the Headspace app. That, that's really good for learning to do that first one to, one to three minutes right there. And I tell them that it's not about trying to control your thoughts. Your brain is stronger than you. You're, not going, you're never going to control your thoughts. It's about learning to not let your thoughts control you. And Other than driving eight hours to Lincoln, Nebraska and kissing you dead on the mouth, how do people get in touch with you if they need you? <laughs>
1: um, first of all, let's, I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. It's a um, social platform we use quite a bit. So Bill Ekstrom at LinkedIn, um, E-C-K-S-T-R-O-M. They can get me on Twitter, uh, at Bill Ekstrom on Twitter. I'm active there. Instagram, I think, is Ekstrom And, of course, our website, is the ExcelInstitute.com, which is E-C-S-E-L-L, Institute.com. Uh, they can read our book, Terry. And thank you, by the way, for bringing that up. That's always nice when people do that for you. Yeah. Uh, the Coaching Effect. And if they want to get really kind of a 12-minute version of what you what you're fascinated with and what they should be fascinated with, uh, they can go to uh, white comfort will ruin your life on YouTube It's uh, a TEDx talk. That's another good place to really follow up with this.
2: All right, Bill Ekstrom. Thank you so much. Had a fantastic time, brother. We'll see everybody next time.
1: Thank you, Terry.
0: Get you some radio. <laughs> You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.